and welcome everybody to another great and fantastic episode of Fun with Fungus. I'm your host, Anthony. Here are my guests today. Guests, are you here? Yes, hi, hello. I have many notes. My name is Dylan. I have many notes from last week's talk on the shiitake mushroom. 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 What are, what are we talking about? Mustard. Mustards. Hmm, delicious. And, I've got a nice uh, my, coupon. My, my name is Casey, and I have a problem where my mushrooms, shortly after the fruiting body reaches maturation, uh, they become ambulatory and attempt to walk away, but a tiny Italian plumber comes along and jumps on them. <laughs> which which lends them a certain cilantro-filled zest, but renders them unusable for my purposes. Well, uh, usually the... Uh, the best remedy for that is actually another mushroom. Uh, usually they're found in the wild with, uh, huh. red and white spots, uh, hiding in boxes most of the time. I would not have thought of that. That's, that's counterintuitive, but it makes sense on a certain level. Uh, note to our listeners, uh, red and white spotted mushrooms are super poisonous. Do not yeah, eat those. I was about to say, do not ever eat red and white spotted mushrooms. They are very poisonous. Okay, but my question is why do those are nature's warning spots? Just super. <laughs> Because Super big, he's getting though. high as shit. Which leads us into our today's topic, the psilocybin mushroom. Oh my god. The best of all Tony, mushrooms. I'm, I'm, I'm resting this intro from you. What the fuck? Is, no, now I have to know, what the fuck is a psilocybin mushroom? It's it's magic mushrooms. It's the oh, okay. it's the, 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 the fancy name of, of shrooms. Okay. I see. Okay, great. Now, now I know. Yeah. Hi, all my semi-auto buddies. What's it's up? us. It's us. Um, we are here. We with are only hand. semi-autonomous. We, yep, that's us. Semi-autonomous. Semi-autonomy. Uh, we're here for another episode. We're excited. We hope you're excited. And if nobody else has anything about mushrooms to say, I think we could, uh, jump right in. Absolutely. Let's do this. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the mushrooms. Yeah. Fair enough. Where did we leave off last week, Casey? Well, last who did not introduce himself. I it's me. Well, no, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> by now, I think by now everybody knows who we are. I was hope. Right. Um. Okay. So last week, uh, Rowan and Fiona, or Fiowen, as some people are calling them, uh, went to yeah, that's your power couple name went to the Portland Museum of Weird History and had a meeting with Xavier Tangleforth, the fifth baffling gentleman of academia and booze, and uh, learned a little bit about the history of the being known as Althosefer and what interest it might have in their humble town. Now, unbeknownst to them, across said town, uh, Solomon Byron, badass wizard PhD, was driving the living corpse of Theodore Preston the uh the 6th to the Westfield Carter Hotel where it could be dealt with by you know presumably magical hazmat teams or whatnot however in the course of so doing every time the uh cats over in the museum mentioned the name Alta Zephyr the tiny icon that he had uh plucked from the altar in uh Tiny Teddy's House of Horrors um began to become agitated and uh jump around and indeed when we left it had fallen to the floor of the vehicle punctured said floor and had skittered off into the road behind him so i think that's where we'll pick it up uh, unless anybody has anything else they want to remind us of okay cool all right so solomon 
Um, that thing had been jumping around like it was listening to that song that tells you to jump around. Uh-huh. Um, and then it went kapatunk, and you heard a clitter clatter clitter clatter, and there it was a uh, a whisper of wind coming up from beneath the seat. Right. Uh, the still form of Theodore Preston the sixth behind you burps. That's terrible. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I am. Going... Well, it's been jostled a lot. <laughs> you know, fair. There's a lot of gas built up in there. Um, uh, still a working machine. Okay. Uh, I, I really am at a loss here. Um, okay. I'm gonna stop the car and pull over. Okay. And do, do you signal? Yes, of course. Solomon Byron okay, is a very, very respectful driver. Um, then if you signal and you pull over according to proper automotive safety procedures, you only hit nine bicyclists who think they own the road. Okay, great. <laughs> They're, that's fine. That's a Portland joke, friends. <laughs> um, Alright, so you, yeah, you pulled over. Okay, I've pulled over and I, I'm gonna search the Jeep for just a blanket or a small cloth or something to throw over Theodore Preston. Yeah, um, uh, Mrs. Dr. Emperor Bismarck has left a, uh, like, there's like a tarp back there. When did she become an emperor? Uh, what makes you think she wasn't from the beginning? It's, it's canon now. Um, so yeah, three, two, one. I introduce her title like, like that at the beginning. I quickly throw that over, over the living corpse and, sure. uh, start heading back the way I was going, looking for this goddamned artifact. <laughs> okay. Um, now, how do you intend to discern where this, uh, small cloth-wrapped bundle might have flopped off to? Uh, by carefully examining the street. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, uh, you look around, you get some looks from people, you know, much as you would give a person if you saw them frantically searching the street for nothing that was readily apparent, and also uh-huh. if they were wearing a very nice suit. And right. had a very floppy haircut. Yep. I'm picturing you with like a David Tennant haircut. Yep, that's about accurate. There we go. Um, you do spot off in the distance your, it was like a handkerchief you wrapped it in, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, you do spot the bundle of cloth. The bundle of cloth? Yeah. Okay, I thought I lost you there for a second. I can yeah, we that. all no, I'm sorry. We lost you. Yeah. Um, Seriously? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I uh, did my sound? It was it, it was just like, did a weird it was thing. like you're like you found a blundle of cloth. Uh, oh, then, I'm sorry, guys. It's totally okay. Cool. We'll just yeah. and you see a bundle of cloth one metric yonder over there. Okay, great. Um, I'm gonna go over to the thing and attempt to take it. Okay, you dodge traffic successfully like the froggers of old. Yep. And when you That's finally me. arrive. You find your empty handkerchief. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay. Um, well, in that case, uh, I'm going to go back to the Jeep and continue very quickly to the Westfield Carter Hotel. What about using your sight? You know, the last time I did that, this thing was ripping apart reality and it, made, it nearly made me die. So there is a uh, a crow on a nearby lamppost is... Uh, is is foot to footing side to side and sort of doing that kind of crow laughter at you. It's uh it's it's looking at at you intently. Uh 
That's strange, but I have other things to deal with. I have the living corpse of a child in my Jeep. Okay, so you just, uh, you get back in your vehicle? Yep. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you hot-foot it back over there. The corpse of Theodore Preston snores and bubbles gently from within, like uh, like Leo from Twin Peaks. Solomon Byron and doesn't do well under pressure, you guys. Apparently, which is an interesting trait in a politician. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, as you reach the Jeep and begin to buckle yourself in, you see the crow... Uh, sweep down to a few feet to the right in the middle of the street of, of where you were and pluck something shiny from the ground. Oh, fuck. Okay. It uh, it wings off into a nest in the crook of a nearby building. Great. I'm sure that's fine. I'll you come hear back crow later. laughter. <laughs> I make a mental note of what street this is on. Dude, you're going to have like a mutant evil crow when you get back. That's fine. I can deal with that. That sounds like fun, actually. And uh, as it happens, <laughs> uh, there is a horrible gargling sound uh, coming from the nearby building. And Solomon, if you will direct your eyes uh, to the little the little nook crook where the crow has uh, elected to store its shiny things, um, there is some bad mojo happening up there. I am sure there is, but I need to be focused on the road so I don't hit anybody. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Solomon Byron taking off to the Westfield Hotel. I'm sorry, Jackie. What was that? I said all those damn bicyclists. Exactly. You have to turn your windshield wipers on. Just let it scrape them off the shield. Bicyclists, stilt walkers. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, you head off to the Westfield Carter Hotel, which I believe is fairly nearby. Um, you hear as you take off uh, a long, distorted, uh, sort of low cawing shriek. Great. Yeah. That's fine. That's totally just, fine, you guys. You're just completely <laughs> ignoring all of the chaos that's gonna happen. I'm as not ignoring it. I'm progress. trying. I'm, I'm getting back up, okay? All right, you um you zoom up, nothing more of note happens. You arrive at the Westfield Carter Hotel's gate and uh and you you go in a uh, a valet comes up and says uh it's what is it afternoon? Is it morning? It's like sure. afternoon. Sure. Uh, a little a little bellhop comes up just just dressed very neatly and sharply like he takes real pride in his in his job he comes up and says good afternoon sir i'd be happy to take your vehicle for you all right great deposit it underground somewhere flower what's that he's played by cornflower no cornflower has a uh, a more considerate ponderous sort of lilt to her and not quite so much energy Okay. So Cornflower talks a little bit more like this, especially when there's something interesting going on. This guy's got a little bit more pep to him. Okay. I hear the difference, Casey. Thank you, Thony. <laughs> I appreciate your listening. Anyway, I'm sorry, what did you say, Dylan? I get out of the Jeep and leave it running, and I say, Okay, you need to take this underground. Yes, sir, absolutely, sir, hallelujah, sir. And he uh, he hops in. And he, uh, sir, before, before he zooms, that... go ahead. Before he zooms off, I reach in the other, the, like the passenger side, and pull my coat out and yeah, very quickly throw it on. Sure. 
All right. Sir, before you go, may I ask you one question about this vehicle? Yes. How do you drive a stick, sir? Figure it out, and then I leave. Okie dokes! And the, uh, the sound of grinding gears issues. Oh, God. Oh, God, from behind. Clutch. <laughs> it's it's real bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you enter the Westfield Carter Hotel, if you should so please. The uh, Frog Fountain, or Frogton, as frequenters of the hotel, is still there. And uh, that jerk who runs the front desk is still there, although his name escapes me. I've probably got it in my notes here. It was Jeffrey Joshua. Jeffrey Joshua! Good old Jeff, Jeff Josh. Good old Jeff Josh. Fan favorite, I assume. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he, he sees you, uh, approaching, and he rolls his eyes, not with his eyes, but with his body language, because he knows you, you don't roll your eyes at a patron of the Westfield Carter. Right, of course. Um, right. I scowl at him and continue to the elevator. Fair enough. You arrive at the elevator, and as you step inside, uh, I assume you step inside. Yep. Okay, very good. As you step inside, a series of alarms go off on magical frequencies. The door closes swiftly behind you and it does not ascend or descend. A uh, a voice comes over uh, the intercom and says, Warning! Unusual magical energy has been detected upon your person. Please remain calm while our technicians come to assist you. Just so, very, very fervently tapping his foot the entire time. Sure. Just arms crossed, just, God fucking damn it, God <laughs> shit. Fuck. I, I just want to say I have never seen Solomon this not cool and collected ever. No. I I've absolutely never seen... love it. It's fantastic. I've never seen his feathers this ruffled. Um. So the little... Oh. Uh, if, if I recall last time you were in this elevator, there was a little uh, little hologram person who of uh of Jeffrey Joshua who arrived to to tell yep. you stuff. Yeah, there is now being projected uh onto the floor of the elevator and projected nearly to a height with you actually. So like a full-size magical hologram of a uh, of a very no-nonsense looking young man. He's a little bit thin and a little bit scraggly and he's got some beard going. And he says, "All right, identify yourself. Solomon Byron, warden of the White Council." He he looks to his left as if corroborating. He nods. He says, "All right. There is some weird stuff on about you. What have you been in contact with?" An artifact of Possibly demonic origin. Okay, do you have the artifact on you? Nope. What happened to the artifact? It left. <laughs> it left. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I need to see Salvador Hernandez right now. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna see about that, but first we need to figure out what the hell is crawling all over you. Metaphorically or otherwise. Alright, cool. please hold still. Oh, and I, uh... A giant, uh, a panel slides open in the elevator and inside uh, a diagram of an eye. Uh, not, a, not actually, not unlike that one found on the ancient Mew Pokemon card. Um, is there in a, in a magic circle. It, it suddenly activates and you are scanned on multiple magical frequencies. The, uh, the gentleman 
from before resumes his interrogation. Okay, so what did what was this thing? What was this artifact? What was it doing? Where did you find it? We found it in the workshop of a warlock. Okay. Uh, it was on a workbench and very okay. hard to look at. All right. Did you think, did you, are you wearing any kind of magical protection? No. And you, uh, did you touch it? Yep. You just went up and touched it. Yep. <laughs> what is rule? Okay. <laughs> did it do anything when you touched it? Nope. <laughs> did anything happen to it when you touched it? It stopped glowing as hard. It stopped. It stopped glowing when you touched it. It was well. It didn't stop glowing. It it dimmed. A did bit. it stop glowing? Or did it not stop glowing? It Warden dimmed Byron? a bit. It dimmed a bit. Thank you. Was that so hard? He makes a note. It dimmed. Okay. What was it? What was it doing? Nothing. It was sitting there. Then why did you pick it up? Because it was beneath the symbol of. It's something. Alto Saxon. Okay, well. Malta Okay. Malta. Okay. <laughs> They're not with All right, me. Look, Warden Byron, you. What's that? They're not with me. Don't take those notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Warden Byron. Your head giving suggestions. Exactly. Warden Byron, I. You're not giving me much useful information. I'm not going to treat you as a hostile witness, but we need to get you up to a, um, to a, to a Hazmaj Matt team, uh, directly. So, uh, just hold on for one second, and we'll get you up to the detox level, okay? Phenomenal. Okay. Is there is there anything more you can tell me about the nature of this thing? A crow took it. A crow? T- Where's the crow? <laughs> about three blocks down the street. Do you just let the crow take it? I have the living corpse of a child in Dr. Bismarck's Jeep. What? This... Things have gone bad, okay? Where did you, where did you get a living co- was, uh, was the child like that when you found him? No. Oh my god, <laughs> Warden Byron! Listen, things okay, went he- south really quickly. Okay. Okay, look, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to break this down for a case officer in just one second. We're gonna get you up to the hazmat mat floor, and, uh, and we'll, we'll see what we can do for you. Until then, just try not to do anything else. That's the plan! God! And he hangs up. <laughs> um, the elevator does not in fact elevate or de-elevate you, but instead moves, uh, backwards. Like relative to, like where you entered it. What is this fucking Wonkavator bullshit? <laughs> Solomon says that. <laughs> the, uh, the elevator, uh, shudders with displeasure. <laughs> So, uh, you go backwards for a little bit, and then the main body of the elevator, uh, actually rotates, and it opens into a, uh, a little, a little antechamber that seems to be the entrance to a little, it does really look like a, like a hazmat, like, decontamination chamber. Now, when you say antechamber, you mean, like, a four-chamber, not, like, an anti-chamber. Exactly. No, it's not an anti-chamber. Okay. Sorry. That's a fair question. Okay. So yeah, it's a little it's a little narthex. Uh so you can you can step out and there's like a bench and some potted plants and stuff like that, but then it leads there's a there's a door that is very clearly uh one of two doors leading into a little containment area. Great. 
Okay, the um from a from a crystal set into the wall, the same exasperated young man uh is is projected. He says, "Okay, so you're going to go into yonder decontamination chamber and we're going to spray you down with everything we've got for everything we've got because you're apparently unable to tell us what it is you've got all over you." Yep. So, go in there, put all your stuff in the bin, disrobe and assume the position. Great. I I do as the man says. Okay, fantastic. You go in there and when you And I'm very close... unhappy about it. That's fair. You go in there and when the uh when the door closes behind you, um sealing the the threshold around you completes a circuit of of magical circles and and such uh completely sealing you in. Um from the other side uh, men come wearing what look very much like hazmat suits, except if a wizard designed them, so the sleeves are enormous. <laughs> and, of course. Uh, they come, and two little ports on the opposite side of the room, they insert nozzles. Uh-huh. I said, All right, Warden Byron, we're going to get you cleaned up just as soon as we can here. Um, no lie, this is going to suck. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so they go over to a little, uh, a little wheel on the wall, much like you would find by, a, um, like a fire hose. And they, they give it a good couple of turns. And Solomon is immediately like a protester at a freedom walk, uh, hit with a <laughs> fire hose barrage of, oh various... god, oh, yeah. Jesus, oh Christ. You, you are thrown bodily against the back wall and, oh, uh, god. from, from the ceiling panels open and you are accosted with various powders and granulated substances. Oh, some of it got in my mouth. That's probably bad, right? <laughs> It needs to be in there. Oh God! It Inside tastes like it tastes like burning ashes. It really well. I mean, that's what it was. So, <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that was those were actually ashes from a uh, from a funeral got on the uh, on the Ganges River. So, God. yeah, it's pretty <laughs> terrible. Um, so Solomon is, is thoroughly accosted with, uh, every, every conceivable thinger for a little while. And then the exasperated young man himself, uh, actually comes around the corner and, and walks up. He's, he's kind of like corporate casually dressed. Like he doesn't have a tie, but he's dressed very nicely. And, um, if you, if you wanted to picture him as, uh, as Aram from the blacklist, you, sure. you wouldn't be far off. That's how I'm picturing him. Anyway, uh, he comes up and he, 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 there's a little, uh, like two way speaker system there. And he says, okay, so that covered all the basic stuff. Now we're going to have to get a little more thorough. Oh God. What do you mean more thorough? Well, um, you might want to close your eyes. Oh Jesus. Have you cut your nails recently? Uh, no. Did you brush your teeth this morning? I think so. Have you eaten anything with a high acid content today? Orange juice, tomatoes? I had eggs. You had eggs. Okay, did you have whole eggs or egg whites? Whole eggs. Scrambled. Cholesterol count's gonna be up? Alright, okay, good. That's good to know. Alright, um, basically just hold on. (laughs) Okay, great. There is nothing to hold on to on this wall. 
he steps back and hits a button. Fuck. And, uh, you don't see anything, but you feel that you are instantly covered every square inch of your body in tiny nibbling creatures. Oh, god damn it. This- Yeah. I, the, uh, I would prefer the fire hose, please. The the top layer of your skin is instantly exfoliated off. It's not actively painful, but it's certainly unpleasant as hell. And uh, and they're in your hair, and a couple of them get into uh, your nostrils. No, yeah, ah, no. Uh-uh. In your toes, the back of your knees. Uh, it's 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 terrible. Um, and thorough. And thorough. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, once once this is over, your skin's gonna look fantastic. Your oh, yes. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. My gonna, skin. You're gonna glow like a newborn baby. <laughs> and, um, so the, uh, the, the ceiling opens up a little bit to reveal, uh, what looks like a fire, uh, sprinkler. It turns on drenching you in a foul, thick liquid that smells a lot like, oh. um, it smells a lot like, what's the thing? What am I thinking of? Uh, licorice. It smells like it's made with anise. God, what's, Ah, and uh, and the the nibbling the nibbling ceases. What's next? Are you gonna drop Zyklon in here? Uh, Zyklon comes dropping in. Fuck, that's not true. I'm not gonna use a gas used. At- wow, that was dark. <laughs> um, Zyklon W for wizards. So uh, yes, that happens, and then the uh, hoses come back from the front, and this time it's just water, so they just hose you down, but at the same pressure level. <laughs> oh God, fuck! And finally, uh, they deem. Uh, no, you. I welcome the fire hoses this time. Like I'm yes. opening my mouth and like, no, get it out. Cleanse me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you are finally, finally deemed clean enough. Um, Jesus. The- the Hazmagmat guys return, and from a little slot in the far wall, not unlike that found in Hannibal Lecter's cell, uh, they they sort of shunk in a uh, a towel and uh, a terry cloth robe. I dry myself, and then adorn myself. <laughs> All right. All right, we're going to release you shortly. And uh, there will be another couple of purification steps, but those will be non-physical. You'll be fine. And then, uh, Mr. Warden Hernandez has agreed to see you. Phenomenal. Okay. Uh, they, they let you out and there's a, uh, a long hallway for you to go through that I'm picturing the laser hallway from the first Resident Evil movie. Oh my god, why? Yeah. Um. Oh, this looks fun. Yeah. So how this works is, it's like there's a long rectangular glass box uh, that forms the actual surfaces of the room. And then beyond those surrounding is uh, an array of crystals extending throughout the entire length of the box. And as you proceed through the room, light is driven into the crystals, which causes them to form magical circles and arrays in the air in front of you. Okay, that seems fine. That seems like it's totally kosher. This is going to be great. (laughs) The first one is, in fact, from the Greater Solomon's uh, Pentacle, the the Grand Grimoire of Solomon. So it is, in fact, kosher. Yes. (laughs) That's a Judaism joke, folks. (laughs) It sure is. That's why you come to Semi-Automagic Inc. Uh, Yes, so you... Mushrooms! 
What's that? Yeah, Ju- Judaism jokes and mushrooms. So you uh, proceed through a series of increasingly elaborate and complex uh, magical circles. As you do so, you feel a slight pressure on the magical wavelength. Um, nothing physical, of course, but your your soul kind of has to wiggle a little bit to get through one, your mind another, that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, and the the very last one is projected in an angry red light. And this one is actually really interesting because all the other circles you've passed through have been uh, in pretty standard geometrical shapes. You know, lots of hexagons, lots of pentacles, that kind of thing. But this last one, they have somehow managed to make these crystals project light in in rounded and fluid shapes. Ooh. Which, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And this is actually uh, a script or a language or whatever it is that you have never seen before. And there is no... Like, as a wizard, you have a familiarity with, like, the grammar of magical symbolism. Yeah. Like, if you see a pentacle and you've got these things here, oh, you're like, that's what this does, that's what this does, even if you don't know the specifics. Sure. But this, you don't even see a recognizable pattern inside this. It just looks like swirling worm chaos. Oh, good. Yeah. Because so, what I need right now is swirling worm chaos. Yep. Inside me. Which I, I am now nominating for, uh, for this episode title. <laughs> Done. So you, you can stop in front of that and, um, the, the young gentleman appears at the far end again and says, okay, listen, uh, that's a new one. We've just developed it. You'll actually be the first person to go through. Oh, good. Yeah, and, um, we call it, uh, we call it the Hitchhiker, because... Oh, that sounds pleasant. Yeah, because it's designed to remove from you anything that might be, like, piggybacking on your soul, or your mind, or, you know, like, basically if you've got any magical spore, or parasite, that kind of thing. Okay, wonderful. Um, we also call it the hitchhiker because it's going to leave a residue, and Good. hopefully, that, hopefully that'll protect you in the event that you encounter anything like that in the future. Um, not sure how going through it's going to feel, and uh, good luck. Well, here we go. <laughs> the words on Solomon's gravestone. Welp, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you pass through the hitchhiker, and unlike the other circles behind you, um, Edelbrand's pentacle, the lesser pentacle of the moon, that kind of thing, um, you actually feel this one physically pass over you as ah. if the lights were, uh, as if the light were made of a horrible, cold, slimy pasta. Ah. Yeah, oh. and it, it, it feels like it stretches, uh, to the point that you feel like it's about to physically drive you back when you are at last, uh, finally projected. You break through and stumble to the far side. Uh, if you should care to turn and look, you will see that there is in fact, uh, a small conglomeration of dark clusterules that are caught in the wriggling worm chaos, but they are swiftly, uh, being dissolved. Ooh. That's neat. Yeah. So the young gentleman comes out again and says, "Hey, you made it through." Yeah. That Good was job. the point, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. Now we know it doesn't kill people. Now we know. Now we now, know. Now we know. Now we, 
Okay. Well, cool. in our defense, Warden Byron, we didn't know what you had on you. Uh, well, fair. Okay, so we're going to have a caseworker speak to you just briefly, just to get your account of what happened, and then we've got Mr. Hernandez waiting for you. He's actually finishing up a meeting at the moment, so uh, we'll have to take just one second. Is is there anything I can do for you? Anything I can get you to make to make you more comfortable? I mean, that's I mean that's a really high-quality robe, obviously. We, we spare no expense here at the Westfield Carter Hotel, but... Uh, a, an entire bottle of a nice Chianti. Absolutely. Okay, I'll get that sent over directly. Great. He, uh, he reaches, he reaches out his hand with absolutely no hesitation. For what? I, what? For, for you to shake it if you want. Oh, okay, I do that. I okay. wasn't sure what he was doing. That's okay. Um, he, he reaches out and shakes it. And he says, um, I'm very sorry about this. It's uh, it's a great pleasure to have helped you in any way, if I possibly can. And please let us know if there's anything else we can do for you. What was your name? Uh, you can call me Orion. Great. Thank you, Orion, for this horrible set of trials and tribulations you've put me through. Now, please, for the love of God, get me to somebody who can deal with any of this. Very good, very good. Uh, there is one last thing. He pulls out, uh, a little, a little hand stamp, like you would see at a rave. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he, he takes your hand, still clasped in his, and he turns it over, and he, he goes ka-stamp on it, and there's a, it's in little, it's in a little circle, but it's, uh, letters that read, clean. No, no, <laughs> that read sanitized for your safety, like in a hotel room. Ugh. Is that... <laughs> Is that really necessary? I think it is, Warden Byron. Yes. So uh, here, just come right into this room, and uh, we'll we'll get you taken care of. Great. He he leads you into a little room, and it's uh it's it's just a little a little interview room. There's a nice little table. There's some chairs and a little potted plant and a uh, security camera up in the corner. Um, a young woman is sitting at the table. She's very professional looking and has a stack of forms and uh, a legal pad there. There's a carafe of water and a couple of glasses sitting on the table. She rises and uh, steps over to you. And I'm trying to think of an accent for her, but it's difficult. Swedish. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be, that'd be terrible. That's a little racist. Okay. Now, is it? Probably. All right, fair enough. The sweetest. Yeah, uh, she comes up and uh, offers her hand to you. And she says, uh, Good afternoon, Warden Byron. My name is Delilah Oddwater, and I'm here to uh, take down your statement. Wonderful. Okay, please, have a seat. I do so. Okay, uh, start from the top. Right, so um, we, that is my associates and I, who are these associates? Uh, that would be Rowan Atkinson and Fiona Peakwork. The 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 famed the famed actor of screen and stage. No, no relation. Oh, okay, fair enough. Just say that I'm the wizard killer. No. What? That would be silly. Rowan the wizard killer. Um. Were uh, the the three of us received information from a contact whose information has proven. Uh, useful in the past. Okay, who is this contact? <laughs> Mr. Monday. Oh, yes, okay, very good, go on. Yeah, um, received information on a warlock running about uh, the Milwaukee Estates. 
turns out, child by the name of Theodore Preston of the Preston family, the lumber Preston, magic. The lumber, right, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, so, the three of us, seeking to handle the problem, went to the estate under the auspices of my office at OSU. Did you make any of your superiors aware of this before you... Yes. I Who? sent a missive, and I spoke with, uh, with Warden Hernandez. With Warden Hernandez? Okay, very good. Um, upon arrival, we found far too much evidence of mental tampering among apes and birds and people. So, we proceeded to Theodore Preston's, what he calls his playhouse... Oh, that's creepy. I don't disagree. Um, I was attempting to have him leave the premises of his own accord. Mm -hmm. Apprehend him. Bring him here. It didn't work out that way. Uh, Fiona P. Quirk found the name of something that he'd been scribbling all over his coffee table. Mm -hmm. And who is this Quirk person? One of my associates. She runs the Magic Beans coffee shop. Okay. Uh, she read the name aloud. What was that name, Warden? You know, it's probably better if nobody says it. Ah, very good. Okay. Um, she um she she pulls up her lapel a little bit and uh, and speaks into it and says, uh, "Let the record show that the subject is forgiven for not providing the name, as it may constitute a danger to himself and the interviewer." Yep. So, uh, the child, upon hearing the name, went... How old is this child? Uh, like 16. Okay. Uh, he has... He he went mad in the eyes and uh, attempted to throw a beer bottle at uh, Fiona Peak Quirk. The beer bottle exploded in his hand. Uh... He was... Why did why did the beer bottle explode, Warden? Uh, Rowan is a water oh, Rowan, fan. Rowan Atkinson, no relation to the famed actor of screen and stage. Right. Okay. He's a what he, now? He is a water fae. He is a water fae? He is of fae origin and has some dominion over water. Okay. Was he in, in fae guise at this period? Was he... No. But... He expanded the liquid inside of the beer bottle. The beer bottle shattered, ruining uh, Theodore Preston VI's hand and part of his face. Uh-huh. Uh, and while he was distracted, I surrounded him with a circle and mm-hmm. closed it. While... As his procedure, certainly. Yes. Uh, while he was in the circle, I attempted to reason with him. He only deflected and resisted. Until such a time as he saw no other option but to bring a very distorted ring he had on his left hand up to his forehead. And now he is in the state you see in the Jeep, in the underground storage. Uh, it is Dr. Bismarck's Jeep. She was called to the scene uh, to deal with the damage that Theodore Preston had caused to his mother. Uh, one one moment, Warden. Are you telling me 
that there is a body with magical damage inflicted upon it resting at this moment in the parking garage beneath this hotel. Yes, and we would have gotten there sooner if not for the wonderful procedures that you all decided were the most the most uh, pressing concern. Mm -hmm. Well, you'll forgive us, Warden. We were working under the assumption that you wanted your soul to remain intact, so in future, if that is not the case, you can let us know, and we'll be able to expedite those procedures for you. You know, if it's a choice between my soul or the rest of the council here in Portland, the council takes precedent. Okay. Uh, she she pulls up her, her lapel again and says, uh, I'm going to need a pickup in the parking garage. It's in uh, Dr. Bismarck's Jeep. Where Where is it in the vehicle? Uh, in the back seat, laid across okay. under a tarp. Okay. It's in the back seat, under a tarp. Uh, take every precaution. Seal off the entire level if you have to. And uh, the subject, is, is he still alive? N- maybe. Uh, Dr. Okay. Bismarck did a preliminary check, uh, but there's there's nothing in there anymore. Okay. Subject may or may not still be active. Use every precaution. Uh, authorization of advanced cleansing measures is uh, here so given. Okay. And then Dr. Bismarck arrived and... Uh, she did a cursory check of the body. Uh-huh. The ring was uh, disenchanted and then destroyed. How was the ring destroyed? I, Who destroyed the ring? I tried to take it from his hand, and the ring was of woven grass, and it just sort of fell apart. So in removing the ring from his hand, it was destroyed? Yes. Okay, very good. Uh, and then we left very quickly. At speed. Okay. Uh, the, where are your Where are your associates? Uh, they went to speak with a uh one Mister Xavier Tangleforth, who is a source of information. They went to speak with him about the figure that Theodore Preston was under the thrall of. Okay. To the best of your knowledge, do either of your associates have active magical protections in place? Nope. <laughs> I have a gun. One of them has a gun. One of them has a gun. Okay, well, yes, I'm certain they'll just be able to shoot the magical germs. I hope so. Um, there, While we awaited the arrival of Dr. Bismarck, I took a look around the facility, the playhouse, mm-hmm. uh, and in the workshop found an artifact beneath a symbol. Mm-hmm. What was and- this symbol? Are you able to replicate it for me? And she, she slides over a uh, like a little sketch pad. Sure. Um, I start sketching it as I'm talking. Okay. Um, the artifact is now lost. Uh, what, it what, was... What, the, what, ha- what happened to the artifact, Warden Byron? It was, um... Taken by a car. All right. <laughs> so, I took the stupid thing and put it beneath a few layers of cloth. Did you, was this cloth enchanted? No, I listen. I figured. Did it would you be did fine. you take did you take uh, did you take cautionary procedures of of any kind? Nope. Go on. So, uh, on my way to the Westfield Carter Hotel, and I came at great speed. Uh, the artifact ripped itself through the jeep, and then was taken by a crow. 
she she inhales and and, and moves as if to speak, but then stops herself. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But the artifact under its own power exited the jeep. Yep. Could you please describe this artifact to me? Not really. It okay. Was, it was nearly impossible to look at. Very bright. Very good. Uh, and um, also, you... don't look at it with your wizard sight because it's unraveling reality around it, and that's bad news. It's how did you know it was unraveling reality? I looked at it with my wizard sight. <laughs> She rubs her temples. <laughs> are you finished with that drawing? Yeah. How certain are you of the accuracy of this? Uh, it's close. Okay, uh, did Solomon attempt to include any of the uh, runic annotations, or did he just do, like, the basic array? Uh, the runic an- annotations as well, as best okay. as he could remember them. Sure, that's fair. Okay. Do I make right. some kind of check for that, or...? Uh, no, that's okay. that's all right. Um, you didn't get like a super good look at it, if I recall. So we'll say that it was an okay drawing. Okay. Yeah. Um, not unlike the one posted on our Twitter feed. <laughs> um. So yes, she she takes that back and she says, "All right, very good work. I will send uh Council Member Hernandez in directly. Is there anything further you would like to add to your testimony before I go?" Oh, that's about it. Okay, very good. I would like to say it's all Fiona's fault. I'll make a note of that right here. Cool. Okay, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to meet you, Warden Byron. She reaches her hand over. Yep. Great. Shake, 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 shake. This is this is great. This is what uh, everything's fine. <laughs> everything's great. Why wouldn't it be? Solomon <laughs> reminds me of that comic of the dog sitting in the middle of a room that's just on fire. Yeah. It's like this is fine. This is fine. That's okay. Yep. Yeah. Um speaking as someone living in Arizona, there's another one. It's a still from SpongeBob where there's a guy walking around with a backpack and he's just on fire. And uh and it's it's called uh it's it's titled something like, you know, Arizonans in summer or something like that. And it's true. All right. Very good. So she exits and locks the door behind her and uh Young Mr. Orion walks in with your, um, your bottle of, of Chianti and a single glass. He sets it down. He says, is there anything else I can, I can do for you? Anything else I can bring you before you speak to, uh, Council Member Hernandez? Uh, nope. Okay, very good. Um, I was listening over the intercom and the, uh, and the lapel mic to your story there and, uh, good luck. Warden yep, Byron. Thanks. Yeah. He he excuses himself. Uh they keep you waiting for probably a good twenty minutes. Not In that twenty inten- minutes I have downed the entire bottle. Fantastic. Not an intentionally rude length of time, but you know, still. Yeah. Um after after that amount of time, the door opens and in lumbers the frame of Salvador Hernandez, who we will remember is a uh he's he's huge. He's not obese or anything, he's just an enormous dude. Um and could accurately be described as a man with beard but no hair. He pauses when he enters. When um, he does, I just look up like hand on shin resting on the table sure hey buddy he pauses for a moment to fully appreciate 
the sight of an extremely disheveled, half-drowned Solomon Byron <laughs> yep. uh, sitting there in a terry cloth robe. He sighs a little bit and hangs his head in resignation. He walks over to the uh, opposite side of the table, sits down, and steeples his fingers, closing his eyes as if in concentration or uh, perhaps ordering his thoughts. He looks up at you, clears his throat. <clears throat> Solomon, do I have to tell you just how much trouble you are in? No, you don't. <laughs> do you have any defense of any kind for this frankly staggering laundry list of borderline criminal incompetent actions? Well, for one thing, lucky for me, the White Council has no criminal incompetency. So, there's that. Secondly, Indeed. all of the information we had leading up to every event until we entered the playhouse and the beer bottle exploded. Mm -hmm. Every bit of information we had made this seem like a routine, easy-to-deal-with child. Mm -hmm. This is something much, much bigger Yes. And whatever yes. happens to me next, We've we need to, to deal with it. Yes, Warden Byram, it would seem that whatever else may be in question, we can agree that this is something much, much bigger than it first appeared to be. <sighs> there is going to be an inquiry, Warden Byron. Of course there is. Into your actions and the actions of your associates who we will need to have you bring in so that they can give statements. Yep, of course. You need to understand that this looks very, very bad. Yeah, you're not wrong. Warden, uh, Warden Bismarck arrived and she has already given her statement. Uh, forgive my tardiness. That's, I was caught up speaking with her and she corroborates certain elements of your story. But in an objective sense, she did have to note that the body was already in its present condition when she arrived. So she could not say with any specificity or accuracy how it arrived into that state or the events leading up to it. In the interest of my own uh, hide being saved, perhaps sure. you should dispatch someone else to gather Rowan and Fiona so that there's no question as to whether or not I've prepped them for their interviews. Do you have any idea where they might be? If they're not at the museum, then they are at um, Magic Beans. Magic Beans. Okay. He um he pulls out a uh, a flip phone of all things, and he no, you know what? It's actually an old Nokia brick. Oh God. Yeah. With, With mean, buttons if there's, if that are so any, tiny, he can't press them. If exactly. there is any cell phone that can withstand like the uh, magical. Uh, whatever you want to call it, ambience of this a wizard. It's a Nokia brick. Phone. It's a Nokia. This, brick. this was their big break in, in terms yes. of magical insulation. Is they just they lined the whole building with Nokia phones? Absolutely. <laughs> Three, two, one, cannon. The entire building is actually just one big one hollowed out. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, yeah. So he 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 somehow manages to do anything but mash all the keys at once with his enormous finger. And he says, uh, all right, hello. 
Yes, I'm going to need you to need to uh, swing by the Museum of Weird History and pick up a couple of assets. Uh, can you describe them to me, please, Solomon? Uh, Rowan wears a leather coat. He'll be leather pretty coat. obvious. I think Fiona's dressed like a schoolgirl today. Fiona's dressed like... One is dressed like a schoolgirl, one is in a leather coat. They may or may not be together. Okay, thank you. Yes, bring them back here and detain them separately. Thank you. He uh, he hangs up and replaces it in his uh, in his belt clip, which was funnier than I <laughs> I, I, I thought it was going to be funnier than it turned out to be. But what are you going to do? Because uh, wizards are just now getting cell phones, you guys. They don't know. They don't have cool phone cases. Anyway, he says, "All right, Solomon. I know that you and I have not always been on the best terms, but I have always respected you. Um, I will try to be him. What's that?" Until today. Well, we live in a weird world. And I would be lying if I said that I had not found myself previously in circumstances uh, that were very difficult to explain. So while you are aware that it is not our policy to give the benefit of the doubt, yep. we will attempt to give you the fairest possible treatment uh, during the inquiry. I certainly appreciate that. You're very welcome. Um, let us hope that, uh, let us hope that Lucky Frog still watches over you. Oh boy. Alright. I'm going to go speak to the other council members and prepare. Um, is there anything else you would like to, to add? Nah. Okay. Solomon? I know you've been in the middle of this. I know it's been a very trying day for you, I assume. But you need to understand that to anyone who doesn't know you, to anyone who is not involved with this affair, there is a basically dead mortal miner. There is, by your own allegation, an artifact whose very nature wears away at the walls of reality like sandpaper, which is now missing, taken by... Was it a crow? Yep. He just stares at you. Listen, I don't make the rules. It just swooped down and, and stole it? It wrenched itself from a moving vehicle, and then a crow swooped down and stole it. He sticks his head out the uh, out the door. Excuse me, excuse me. We're, we're doing something here. Please vacuum later. <laughs> he comes back in. Okay, so the crow just took out. Okay, yeah, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. The point is, we now have a mundane animal in possession of an incredibly dangerous magical artifact, so powerful that you yourself said you were not able to look at it. We have a missing... Damn it! He stands up very huffily, <laughs> sticks his head out the door. I am in the middle of an inquiry! <laughs> and by God, that uh, that cleaning person is, is just stuck on doing their job, which is fair enough. He comes back in and sits down. So, missing artifact, there's the ring on his finger that you can't account for that was allegedly destroyed. Um, it's, this just looks really bad, Solomon. Yeah, I know it does. Okay. So, I'm going to take off. Um, Mr. Orion is going to lead you to your cell, and your uh, official deposition will begin tomorrow. Wonderful. Okay. Is there anything I can do for you or get you to bring you comfort in those times? Would you like? Is there a book or a movie you would like? Ah, uh, you know, if you could just grab me a copy of 
uh, anything written by Sartre. Sure. That'd be wonderful. Absolutely. All right. Very good. Um, Solomon. Oh, actually, in fact, yes. Machiavelli. That's the mood I'm in. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, certainly. No, we've got a, we've got, I believe we've got the copy of the prince. No problem. No problem. Great. Yes. Okay. I'll have that delivered to your cell directly. Um, I will see you tomorrow. Um, our justice, Solomon, and here he gets very heavy. Our justice, as you know, is not merciful. But as someone who has been on the delivering end of that a number of times, surely you must understand that we err on the side of harshness only because we strive to eliminate evil and danger to both the magical and mortal populations in any way we can. Yep. If you have done nothing wrong, I will do my damnedest to see that no harm comes to you. Wonderful. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Be well, Solomon. And he uh, he stands up and exit without another word. Uh, young Mister Orion comes and he he escorts you to um, cell. May not be the the right word. It's kind of like a mini hotel room. Um, mm-hmm. There's a bed. There aren't like amenities. There's a there's a bed. There's a there's a toilet with like a little partition, so you've got some privacy and stuff like that. Is there and, a tiny uh, mint on the pillow? There is, as a matter of fact, but Solomon's least favorite kind of mint. God damn it. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> and uh, on the desk, there is, in fact, a uh, a copy of The Prince by Niccolò Machiavelli. Great. Yeah. Um, so I think that is where we'll leave it for now, unless there was something else you wanted to do uh, before Solomon turned in for the night. Nope. That's pretty much it. Cool. And uh, tomorrow, we will see how Fiona and Rowan feel about Magic Gestapo uh, showing up out of nowhere. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be the best. And by tomorrow, you mean in two weeks. I, look, (laughs) try to keep the listeners as confused as possible as to the actual timeline of these events. (laughs) Only because I know I appreciate that as a podcast listener. Great. (laughs) All right, gang, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, Thony and Jackie, thank you for your patience. That is, of course, the nature of splitting the party, but um, it'll be your turn again next week. So it's so worth it. This episode with Solomon has been absolutely just, hilarious. Just seeing someone lose their shits yeah. live is, is incredible. It was pretty great. I had a lot of fun. Dylan, you're a good sport. Yeah. Um, so this is us. You can tweet at us at semi-auto-magi. Um, you can send us your thoughts, your questions, your angry rants, your German homework at semi-automagicpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook and we would love to hear from you guys. Um, I would like to give a shout out to our uh, to the best of my knowledge, three biggest fans, uh, Shannon, Zach, and Max. You guys are awesome, and you make us feel appreciated. So, Hoffman? What's that? The Hoffman? I wasn't going to mention his last name on the, uh, on the air, but yes, Zach Hoffman, who is amazing. Um, so, thank you to all our listeners. Thank you guys for playing this game with me, and we will see you next time. Sign off, catchphrase! Bye, everybody. Mushrooms. (laughs) No more mushrooms.